evening. Uh, let me pray. Mudima Rona Mudima Matla, I was saying what Busubaka Jeko, Mutsungo Moholo, Pitori, Watswani, I invite your presence, Mudima Rona, and Sebedi so well in Zulahao, Busubaka Jeko, Tacha di Pilosarona, or Sebeti Mapilangarona, or Fetule, Jekar, Shebabo Pilo, Banta de Moholo, Bears no dear, we Rukopatena, Calibito, Lamranarna, Jesu Christ, we pray. Amen. So, I, uh, once again, let me thank my friend, uh, Johan, as he, he said some beautiful things about me. Uh, he's an amazing man. I was asking him, how come he knows so many people? And then he just uh, full of a, a gracious heart, and then he just connects people. And then through him, I've met a lot of, lot of people in a short space of time. And I just want to say, I actually see myself blessed since uh, I've got to know him, uh, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, I know God is going to take us uh, in, um, yeah, in a different, different parts of this country. I don't think we're finished yet. I think we're still going to do a lot. And then one thing I, we need to remember you never chose your gender. You never chose your color of the skin. You never chose uh, where you're going to be born. Uh, it, it might sound like a simple statement, but it's powerful. I never chose to be black. If I had a choice, maybe I would have cho chosen a different uh, gender, uh, different uh, uh, color of the skin, different country. Uh, so there's a reason why God made you the way you are, Johan, why God made me the way I am. And then, then he decides, he plunges us in this, this strange and interesting country called South Africa, where nothing works, but everything matters. Unlike Australia, nothing matters, but everything works. <laughs> you know, here, nothing works, and I know we exaggerate, I was in how training it works. You know, there are times when it doesn't work, but it works. You know, uh, our country, you know, is a very interesting, for a long time, things don't work, but everything matter, you know. And uh, it's a vibrant country, it's in Africa, and it sounds like it's not even in Africa. And sometimes we punch beyond our weight. We win these cups, you know, these awards all over the world, and you look, why is South Africa? That, that tiny country, that, right at the bottom of the world, you know. And God, he does something. So it's an honor, I mean, for all of us that God decided that we'd be born in this country. And made you an Africana, and made you an English, made me a Corsa, you know. So we have this guy who lived with us, Wembe, that I, as I told you this morning, I had a privilege to meet him. Met him thrice. Uh, when, I, maybe I shouldn't repeat. Uh, I know it's the two, these two couples uh, who are not here in the morning. I would like uh, to ask you if we're here in the mornings, can you raise your hand? If you were here, uh, then I don't have to repeat. Okay? Why? Wow, it looks like I have to. Yeah. So uh, I had a privilege to meet uh, when I was expelled at the Bible College uh, because of anti apartheid activism. And then uh, we had to go and make a, a press statement uh, anonymously because we didn't want to, uh, because we knew we were going to be expelled as students. So we, our church, which was Full Gospel Church, was at that time 
make the pact with with apartheid regime, and then we decided no, we don't, we're not going to allow this. It was when Bishop Tutu was calling for disinvestment in 1988. So what happened was that we we somebody organized for a press conference, which was very intimidating. I was 19 years then, and then we went to this uh, no 21. We went to this place somewhere in Bramfontein, uh, the offices of the Christian Institute. I'm right, Steve. They were based in, in, in Bramfontein. So we walked there, got out of the train, and we walked. And then, then there were these mics there. Uh, and then, you know, and then there was this old man who was preparing and asking us, are you guys fine? Da, da, da. Yeah, and then uh, we... Then we were, we were asked, we then we, we read our statement, and after that, uh, they took questions. They wanted to take us, take pictures, and we refused because we were scared that we can be traced. And the next thing, the following day, it was on the newspaper. Four or five years later, I discovered the guy who was hosting us was Bersner Deer. It's like, whoa, you know. And maybe it was good that we didn't know that it was Bersner Deer. And the second time, it was when Jim Wallace, you know Jim Wallace. The Sojourner uh, uh, magazine uh, editor then. Uh, he's very big in, in, in the US. He's an evangelical leader and an activist. So he came here to South Africa uh, with a, a delegation. They were at Frank Chicani's place as a general secretary of SACC then. And then I was asked to, to take them around. And one of the persons that I was asked to go and uh, fetch was uh, Wombay. By that time, I, I was like, oh, yeah, now I know who he is, you know. And then, when I found him, and I told him, who, who am I? And then eventually, we met, and then I told him that this, uh, Jim Wallace says, wow, Jim Wallace wants to see me. And I said, yes, they asked me to come, and he says, no, 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 no. no. I am not worthy for him to come to me. I rather go to him. So we met someone in downtown, in Johannesburg, and I was like, wow, you know, he was like, he was like this spiritual giant, this spiritual heavyweight guy, you know, full of God. It was not so much about uh, 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 the theology per se, the intellectual part or the rational part of our, our following the Lord, but it was like the spirituality, the, the weight, the spiritual weight that he carried, you know, the humility that oozes out of this person. And I, for, a few, for a few minutes, I forgot he's an Africana because my experience with Africanas, uh, they've always pushed you know, themselves around. Like us Zulus, you know, I don't, do you have Zulus here? You know, some of us are scared of Zulus until the Lord works in their heart and you realize, wow, why can't God work in all the Zulus, heart? you know, or all the Africanas? You know, I'm Kosa, by the way. And Kosas are people who go like, meaning, yours is mine. Ask them that phrase, you know. Like a, like a subtle that we people, we steal and all that. You know, these are the dark side of us. All the nations, all groups, they have the dark side. And then in the pulpit, we are afraid to talk about them. Because we don't want to rock the boat. So, Wombay, walking there in front of him, he makes you to forget 
That is why he makes you to forget that he's an Afrikaner. And I think as a children of God, that, that is how we're supposed to be. That if my people, when they meet us, they must meet Christ in us. Actually, Peter, when he writes, he says, uh, you are, you are uh, people of the you are a royal priesthood. Do you remember that verse? And there's this line that says, you are peculiar people. I don't know in Afrikaans. What is peculiar? Peculiar, like strange. UFO, yeah, I think in, yeah, you'll be like, you are UFO. We are strange people. We're supposed to be like that. Strange in a a positive sense. And the last time I met uh, him, it was when he were having this uh, Kononia. You know Kononia, which was started by Nico Malan. Nico Smith, sorry. Uh, So the one of the speakers, the the main speaker was, uh, was him. So, when I was asked to come and, and, and talk about him as a saint, I heard this phrase, Ungumuntu, Lomtu, his cause. It means he's, he's human. He's a human being. He's more than an Africana. He's more than a male. He's more than, you know, he's got almost like God, you know, because all of us, we should carry God because we are made in the image of God. So, like a literally like a too much human being here you know and I told you in the morning that uh, why I came with that phrase because I was in an auction where there were this guy who does a do you call him auctioneer the guy who's, who who they speak they speak fast and then they say this car ah, this engine wah, and then they want to go on and on, 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 on you know how they do it and then eventually, when, he, when they, this other car came, he paused. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, there's too much car here. So ladies and gentlemen, there's too much human being in Uombe. And as a result, I chose that verse. Uh, and I was thinking this, uh, this afternoon, as I was thinking about this, that uh, another verse that, uh, that allowed me for a second to abuse the scripture. Uh, it's, St. John will say Jesus was full of grace and truth. But a few lines before that, he said, we, 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 the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. And he was full of grace and truth. And for me, Uembe, he's the word that became flesh in South Africa, among the Africaners. And we saw that weight, that glory in, in this old man. And he was full of grace and truth. So, yeah, maybe let me stop there so that you, I, I know you guys, you read the Bible, say theological is not correct. You know, for a for, for few minutes here, like Thorsten there, he might intimidate because I know he's a, he's a, he's a scholar and that day, he's learner. But, but, uh, this guy, uh, he, uh, uh, this, this old man, Uambe, I mean, he comes from a, a born in Rodiport, 1915, 1-5, that's many years ago. And they moved to Hrafniet, where he went to school and studied there. Comes from a family of eight kids, uh, very African. It was like Umuntu Ngampele. You know, we black people, we have a lot of kids. We, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Eight kids. So he was one of them. And then, without wasting time, 
uh, I want to plunge straight into uh, our time so that we talk. And some of the things about how we grew up, we can talk about them. But, but what happened is that he ended up uh, being a, a, a pastor, and he was supposed to be, uh, he was into politics, and then he joined the Bruder Bond at the age of 25. And, uh, and then, but he was also a member of the, committed member of this church, the Dutch, the Dutch Reformed Church. And later on, he felt like he was called into ministry. And his father, who was also a, a dominier, but he named him because of his close friend, Bayas is the surname of the friend, uh, a fellow soldier who was very close to Bayas father. And his name was Christian Bernard or Fer, uh, Fer, uh, Ferdinand, something like that. Uh, he, their surname was Bayas. Because he loved, he, he loved this guy, his friend, and he named his child Christian Ferdinand Bayas. That's how he got his name. And then, later in his life, when he became a dominion, yes, a dominion, of course, but when he became a moderator here in Transvaal, he ended up uh, being a, a moderator for 20-something for years. And it was during that time that he started to interact with uh, the Indians, the Indian pastors in his church, in his denomination, black and colored. And then he realized for the first time that he, it's another world there. The Indian world, the colored world, the black world. And he started to interface and he realized, wow. Do I really believe in this thing of apartheid? This policy of apartheid? And he, he had that uh, spiritual crisis. And he started to study this again, this apartheid philosophy or, or policy or belief. And then it is out of there that he realized that no, he, he doesn't augur well with his, with his theology, with his soul, with his spirituality. And then coupled with that, it was in the 60s when many African countries were going through decolonization. And that shook him too. And then the thing that made it worse was when the Sharpeville, Sharpeville is, is on your way to the Val, when they had a, a genocide where it was 1960, where uh, PAC and other uh, liberation movement then, they marched against a pass, a Dom Pass. You know, you, know, you know what is the Dom Pass. And then many of them were killed running. They were running. So they had wounds on their back. 69 of them died. And there was an outcry all over the world. And uh, that shook. That did something to, to Besnodier. And because of that, coupled with what he experienced with his fellow ministers from the Indians, the colored to the, the blacks, and as I, as, I, as I said, with the whole policy of apartheid, he, it made him to think. And that year, because the, 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 the killing happened in March, and then every year in South Africa, we celebrate Human Rights Day that happens on the 27th. Sorry? The 21st of March. So we celebrate that, but also is in commemoration with what happened in there. So in December of that year, 1960, the World Council of Churches organized a conference to talk about this. 
uh, and it, it happened somewhere in Johannesburg, in Cottesloe, not far from Rosenville, from what I'm told. And it is in that conference that Bersnadier, with other fellow uh, ministers in this country from different denominations, they started to interact with the World Council of Churches to talk about, uh, to combat dressing. They came with a statement, you can Google that. So, since that time, Bersnadier started to realize that he, he started to be ostracized because he was outspoken about apartheid. And then not long from there, the day came when he had to leave. Because now he was ostracized, many people didn't like him, and then and it, was quite, it was becoming bad. And then eventually, uh, you know, I was telling, I was telling Johan that on the 7th of September uh, 2004, Wambeas died. And the 7th of September was a few days ago. And also it was in September when Bears Nodier left his denomination. Where he, and then he started this organization called, called, called Christian Institute. And then because of the activism and then his work was well known all over the world, he got some awards and all that. And then uh, the apartheid regime decided they're going to ban him. So they put him under house arrest for seven years. And it was during that time that he started to work. Before he was banned, so he was working with some students, nurses in that was power of uh, was people like Steve Bigger were involved. So he was working with those people, black, black, black uh, organizations around the country. And then it was during that time that the black, the black section of the Dutch Reformed Church, they accepted him. They welcomed him as a one of theirs. And Reverend Booty, uh, made him to be part of the church or, or church in, in Alexandra. So, without going to the details, maybe let me stop there, but just to say so that we, we can interact. For me, uh, he epitomized that verse that says that I read this morning in the book of Hebrew, where, where he, uh, the author of the book of Hebrew would say, let's, let's, let's go outside the gate. It's, it's chapter 13, verse Verse, from verse 10, I finish at verse, uh, verse, 30, verse 14, where Jesus uh, is being crucified outside the gate. Because what they would do, they would take these, uh, uh, these uh, uh, animals, they'll slaughter them, and then they would take the blood inside the altar. The high priest will do that. And then the, the carcasses or the body of these uh, animals, they would take them and bend them outside. And then the author would say, so it is with Jesus. He became like, a, like the cross becomes the, the altar. And then this Jesus was taken outside the city like those bent animals. And in this Jesus also was taken outside. And it is in, in that space where many things happened. He was killed. He was all of this. You know, he was insulted. He was abused. We read those trans different translations this morning. And then, eventually, the verse, I think it's verse 13, if not 14, it says, therefore, let us go outside where Jesus is, where our salvation is. Because the salvation, is not, now he's telling the Jews, who always knew that the salvation is in the temple when the, these rituals are being done. 
Now the salvation has moved in God's economy outside to our Lord and Savior who was rejected, who was abused. Let's go outside and meet him there and identify ourselves with him. And in going there, we will be transformed by this weakness, by this cross, by this uh, man who is being despised. And earlier on, Paul would say, or the author would say, uh, who looked beyond Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who, who, who looked beyond the shame and the scandal of the cross because he sees the joy that is set before him and he endured the cross. So let us also run this race and be like him. And then, he, so because of time, uh, as a black person, you know, we keep time, we black people, uh, supposed to be a joke. I know we don't keep time, you guys keep time. So, so I went straight and say, he also made the comment about Jesus. Let's go outside where Jesus is and meet him. Why? Do you want be, because so that we can be socially relevant? No, because the city that this king who's been crucified, that is building, is not a city like this one in the world, but it's a city that is, a, that is, that is foundation and not shaken. And that's the thing that pulls us, that makes us to be what we would like to be in this current, in this world. So, Uwambe left the temple. Uwambe left the comfortable space. He went outside the gate, outside the city, outside the camp where Jesus is, where Jesus uh, is ridiculed, he's abused. And then he did that. And it's amazing. When we, kept, we, when we come out of our space, God starts to do things. And it's not easy, I know. It's painful. But it's through the crucifixions, through the death, that God transfigures that and makes it into resurrection. But it starts in the cross. And it's only years later uh, where Uombe and his children Especially the daughter would say, you know, when, when, when dad was being treated all of this, it was hard. But many years later, we see the resurrection life in the life of this old man. And I think it's, that's supposed to be, as Christians, that is supposed to be how we... So I, want to, I, I want to read this verse again, for, for, and then after that I would like to open it up. Uh, I think I'm doing well in terms of time. I'm impressed. I mean... Uh, I'm reading those verses again. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. Verse 11, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So, verse 12, so Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Verse 13, therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. Christians are supposed to be people that uh, we should be familiar with uh, reproach, rejection, abuse. Not because we want to you know, sadistic 
not because of that, but because our Lord and Savior, miraculously, mystically, he was able to absorb the pain. It's like mothers, you know. Mothers are strange human beings. They, they absorb pain. They, they're familiar with pain. They, they suffer. They, they like, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy for them, but I know mothers. In fact, in Sotu, we have a phrase that says, Bome batswara tipa kabuhali. Not, not this one that you, you know that one, no, 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 not that one. But this one is, a, let me put it in, in, a, in, a, in my imaginary way. Basically, it means mothers or women are those people who hold uh, the knife from its edge, from its way, like from its pointed edge. So they hold it with their hands. Basically, it's an idiomatic expression to say mothers or, or women, they don't, they're not running away from challenges of life. If the husband or the father or children, there's a mother in the house who will be able to hold that. It's like the mother of Jesus. You know, she went, she experienced the cross before the real cross, physical cross. Throughout the son, her son, before she was even born, Mary knew uh, what does that mean. And when she gave birth to the son, she was ostracized uh, by, by her community. And throughout her life, she was the first one to be there. She was the last one to be there with her son. So she was like this woman, this African woman who holds this. So us as a Christians, we should not be scared to go out, outside the city where our Lord Jesus Christ is where he transformed people. Because it's a, it's a dirty place. It's a place where it's not loved. It's a rejected place. You don't go out there. Salvation should be in the temple. It's comfortable, it's nice. But this one, it's right out there. So the author is so ridiculous. Let's go out there. Let's go to the, to the, to the dark part of this country. Like Uambe. I was telling them this morning, Steve, that uh, at one point he was doing a funeral. You know, a black funeral. You know a black funeral? Have you been to a black funeral? Oh, it's like, oh, like, like these black people are many of them. And then it's unpredictable. And you have them suddenly can toy toy and dance and all that, you know. And then he was there in that chaos, in a dark place, in a place where it's unpredictable. So when Bay was doing the funeral, and the next day, when he finished, they pick him up. So, Christian is not for sissies. Christian is not for whites. Christian is not for blacks. Christian is not for Indians. Christian is for those who want to follow God so that they leave their identity there, out there. Because your identity as a, as a white, as a black, as an Indian, it won't handle the realities of life. Life is harsh. Life is real. And we cannot handle it. It's only through Christ who is able to take us through that which is called the, the, the cross. Let me stop here uh, and let's talk. We live in the world that is real. You know, the picture here of Jesus who is outside there is a picture of the third world. 
the, the what is it, Ukraine, you know, downtown, squatter camps, where we don't want to go. <laughs> 